We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom here on the Lions of Liberty Podcast Network. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a solo show. Going to be talking about some uh, some things going on in the world today, which is going to include, if you remember the old Felony Friday days, I'm going to be talking about a wild and crazy crime. So I'm excited to get to that. It has been it's been a good weekend. It's been a busy weekend. Um, and because of that, I am recording this incredibly late on Sunday night to get this ready to post for my fantastic listeners out there to have a, a show up for you. Uh, next week, I'll be back again with a guest. And uh, But you know, I really am making an effort to do these solo shows. They're not always the most convenient. I do prefer to record with a guest ahead of time, have it ready, post it, bing, bang, boom. I've been doing that for years and years and years, and it's kind of easy. What's harder, which is kind of strange to say, is to find the time to really dig into some different topics, some stories, think about them, and uh, and come to you with with my thoughts. And that's what I'm going to do today. Uh, Before I do that, though, just a little bit of a, a snippet, a, a peek into what I've done today. So uh, we dropped off, uh, my wife and I dropped off my daughter last night um, after going out to dinner and uh, her parents, her grandparents picked her up and, uh, and took her off. So my, my wife and I had, you know, we had a night on our own and uh, we were about to, after dinner, we were, were about to go do some axe throwing. Um, we did not though, because... My wife was wearing sandals, and even if that's not a rule in axe throwing that you have to wear shoes, um, it probably probably should be. And as a risk manager, that's what I do in my day job. I, you know, I didn't think that was a good idea to be uh, axe throwing in uh, in sandals, so we skipped that. Had a nice little night, you know. Went to a local bar, sort of down some streets from our house, and uh, had some had some drinks there. Got home at a decent time, but we stayed up for a while just talking. And uh, and drinking, played a couple drinking games as we like to do. Well, my wife and I have our date nights, and uh, got to bed not too late. It was before one, I think. But because we had, you know, because our daughter wasn't here, <clears throat> we decided to set no alarms and just see what happened. And uh, yeah, we slept till like eleven a.m., <laughs> which is freaking crazy. I, I was not expecting that. I cannot remember the last time. That I slept in till eleven a.m. There used there was a time in my life when that was that was normal. That was almost every uh, every weekend. But it's been a long time since I've had that. And what that did is it kind of messed up my entire day. Not in a bad way. I'm glad I slept in. But you know, I wanted to be out in the garden. Had to finish cutting the grass, and I I needed to do a bunch of work on the garden. So I, I did you know get to all that, and I had to you know I just kind of. Figured this out recently by watching YouTube videos. This is how I figure out everything. <coughs> Excuse me about gardening, but the problems I had in the past with my zucchini 
and uh, my tomato plants is I wasn't pruning them really at all. I would only prune them uh, when things would die. But I've, I've learned recently this year that you need airflow under your plant. So I uh, spent some time getting the, the air flowing, pruning around the, uh, the base of the plants. They're, they're ready to roll. And uh, look, the garden is looking better than it's ever looked before. I have cucumber, zucchini, tomatoes, four different kinds of peppers. Even have some honeydew in there that I planted extremely late that my father-in-law gave us. Um, I don't, I don't think that's going to make it in time, but I figured what the heck we'll, we'll throw it in and see what happens. Um, the amount of zucchini that we've harvested, I think we've harvested like five already this year. That's more than I have <clears throat> in any previous year. And it's going to be a lot more coming. So I have to find some different ways to, uh, to use zucchini. If you have any recipes, <clears throat> send them my way. Let me get a quick drink here. A little throat crying out. So I did that, and then I went over, um, spent some time with my nieces and nephews that are now at my parents' house. My brother was in town dropping them off. They're staying for the week. Spent time there, fixed my parents' toilet, came back here, did some work on some uh, some side business stuff, and I made a commitment to paint my daughter's room. One of the I've already painted one wall pink. Got to paint the other wall pink, and then the other two walls are going to be teal. But I told her when she comes back from her grandparents' that that wall would be painted pink. So I'm a dad who keeps my promises. Painted that wall. Now here I am at an ungodly hour speaking to you because I care about my family more than I care about my listeners. Well, that's that's true. I'm not going to apologize for that. You should be happy for that. But on today's show, um, we're going to talk about an Iranian woman who got herself in really quite a pickle down in Texas and managed to avoid jail time for it. Talk about that. We're going to talk about how circumcision is not the same as castration. We're going to talk about MGM, an MGM betting site that screwed a Virginia man out of a ton of money over some World Cup uh, women's winnings. Say that 10 times fast. World Cup women's winnings. I couldn't do it. We're talking about Joe Biden going after archery and hunting programs in schools. And we'll talk about Megan Rapino. I think I'm saying her name right. <laughs> The uh, lesbian uh, World Cup, Women's World Cup USA um, team member who seemingly has been around forever. Her last World Cup, she had an interesting thing to say about what her greatest memory is uh, from playing in the World Cup. So let's dive right into it, jump in from the side of the pool. And, you know, back in the day with, uh, with Tony Friday, I, you know, I used to have this uh, segment, Is It a Crime and Should They Do Time? Um, well, we can play that here. I called it the fastest growing game show in uh, in podcasts, which maybe it was because there's not many game shows. But what happened in this situation, interesting, uh, crazy, but interesting. So this is a Texas college student who stabbed her online date in Las Vegas. This was back in 2020 and claimed at the time that was in it was in retaliation for the Donald Trump 2020 U.S. drone strike that killed Iranian military leader um, Soleimani. So this woman, Nika Nukubin, uh, is 23, and she was indicted on attempted murder, battery with a deadly weapon, and burglary after she stabbed her date, Daniel Trevino. I wonder if he's related to a uh, professional golfer, all-time great Lee Trevino. I don't know. I didn't do my research into that. Stabbed him in the neck while they were having sex in a Las Vegas hotel room in 2022. 
Um, she later, she later um, pled guilty to two counts of false imprisonment with a deadly weapon. The judge, Carly Kearney, a female judge, sentenced Nikobin to serve three years probation on Wednesday. Um, Nikobin, who immigrated to the U.S. from Iran when she was 12, told the court she suffers from mental illness, duh, diagnosed with severe uh, depression, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. Um, So obviously this woman has some problems. If you're stabbing people in the neck, um, you definitely have have some issues there. But what what I want to talk about here is, you know, when we talk about our foreign intervention in other countries and, you know, Ron Paul famously said in 2007 during the primary debates at the time confronted all the neocons on state neocons on that stage and talked about blowback talked about what our intervention in the middle east caused to happen which ron paul cited and i agree with him was the response of the um, world trade center attack now you know, we could get into the different theories on what actually happened and how much the United States knew about the World Trade Center. This podcast is not about that. But I think most of you would agree that blowback is a real thing and it happens. And I would say that this woman might be mentally ill, yes, but this is a form of blowback, correct? I mean, we killed an Iranian military leader without, you know, there's no trial, there was no due process. Bam killed and she took exemption to that and stabbed a u.s citizen in the uh in the neck um is that you know okay no it's not okay should she um is it a crime (laughs) yes it's a crime should she do time i would say yes she should do time um stabbing people in the neck you should not just get probation for maybe you know maybe i'm old-fashioned but um actually old-fashioned would be that you should, if you do stab someone in the neck, then maybe you have a duel and uh, each party gets a knife and then you, you settle it that way. That would be old fashioned. But in a more modern um, modern sense, of course she should be doing time for that. Should she do a lot of time? Probably not. She has mental problems. She's got to get that corrected. As I always ask in any of these cases, what kind of SSRIs were involved here? She does talk about later in the story of right before this episode. Um, well, she was raped when she was 18 and excuse me, her mentor, mental health deteriorated. And then 10 days before she went to Las Vegas and this whole fiasco happened with uh, this Trevino character, she was diagnosed with these disorders, depression, schizophrenia, et cetera, and you know, was given prescription medication to treat them. And she says, I initially struggled to properly follow my treatment regimen. Or maybe what happened was she did follow the treatment regimen and it made her stab someone in the neck. That's always a possibility, right? I I mean, she can't really say that in court because she probably wouldn't have got the plea deal if she did blame a pharmaceutical company. But uh, yeah, that's what I think happened there. So not going to spend more time, not going to spend any more time on this, going to keep moving on. And I want to talk about a tweet that I saw today and quote tweeted and responded to by a fellow. I don't know if she calls herself a libertarian. doesn't really matter. I don't know if I call myself a libertarian. I kind of do just out of uh, laziness of not knowing what to call myself, but Martha Bueno. So most of you are probably familiar with who that is. She's been on my show before she ran for some sort of 
county seat down in Miami-Dade County, um, I don't know, two years ago or something. And she was in the Libertarian Party, Libertarian Party. She got in fights with the Mises Caucus, whatever. Um, that stuff happened. So I don't think she considers herself an LP member um, today as of uh, this recording. But her thing lately has been almost exclusively on Twitter to talk about circumcision and how it's general mutilation, how it's the worst thing in the world. And literally that's like all she's been talking about for maybe a month. That's what, I don't know. I don't see all of her tweets, but it seems like I see all of her tweets that focus on circumcision. So I don't know if that's a Elon Musk thing where for some reason I'm seeing this cause I'm interacting with them. Um, algorithm thing, but it is what it is. I keep yawning. I can't stop you. It is very late, but it's so annoying when you keep like trying to stop your, yourself from yawning while you're, you're talking on a podcast. It's, it's very difficult to do, but Here's the tweet. I'll just read it. And let me show it on the on the screen here, as you do in uh, in podcasting. So here's what she said. One of the biggest issues I have with people today is their lack of consistency on principles. I love that so many conservatives oppose gender surgery for children because they can't consent to mutilating their bodies. I hate how they can't see the circumcision is equally, I'm stressing that, equally altering the body of a child who can't consent. Allow kids to grow up intact. They can choose to circumcise themselves when they become adults, if ever. Um, Not if they have ever become adults, if they ever choose to circumcise themselves. Really, if ever wasn't needed there, Martha. Um, It's not your body, and it certainly shouldn't be your choice. Consistency in principles is key. Key emoji. Um, so that's what Martha said. And the main thing here, this all focuses on for me, is saying that um, castration, hormone blockers, changing the gender of a child is the same as circumcising a child, which is cutting off a little of the the foreskin around the penis. Now, let me make thing one thing clear here. One thing, 100% clear. I am not in favor of circumcision. Um, It's something that has been really traditionally done to most children when they're born for a very long time for health reasons, Um, or I should say health reasons were cited as the reason to prevent infection and things like that. Now, in recent times, and since we do have, you know, clean running water and people take showers and they bathe themselves and we have soap and all this stuff, I, the risk of infections, I think, you know, I'm not a, an expert in this uh, in this matter, but seemingly probably has gone down to almost nothing. So I don't think avoiding infections is really a reason for circumcision anymore. So I haven't had to make the decision to, uh, you know, cir- circumcise a... Uh, baby boy. We have, my wife and I have a daughter. We don't have a boy um, yet, at least maybe someday we will. And, and I will make this decision. Um, if you were going to ask me right now what I would decide, I would not have a potential son circumcised. That's not something that that I, I would do. And I think really that that is, that's personal. I don't think people should be prosecuted for uh, circumcising their children. I think that's kind of absurd. Um, however, to contrast this to what she said. So she said they are equal to each other. So she's saying that, that cutting off the skin 
around the penis is equal to chopping the penis off and creating a vagina out of however the heck they do that. Um, giving hormone blockers, which is changing the entire makeup of the individual and potentially could be a death sentence, which almost no one talks about this aspect, how the, the, uh, the change in hormones affects the function of your internal organs. Yes, men and women, our organs, our livers, our kidneys do not function identically, and they are meant to function in sync with our body's natural hormones. So it's just crazy to think that these two things are the same thing. And really, all she is doing is, this is just a distraction from the main issue of our time one of the main issues of our time, which is the attack on our youth, the uh, the over-sexualization of our youth. It starts at a very young age. It's, you know, it's starting in many ways. It's television. It's coming in through uh, you know, YouTube influencers, Instagram influencers, TikTok influencers. All of this focus on, on sex at, ver- at a very young age. And then all of these people who are you know, seemingly thrust into the limelight, like uh, the Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney types who transition from uh, from being a man to a woman and they're a hero for it. And they're impersonating uh, this persona, per, uh, persona of being a teenage girl and they're made a celebrity for it. And Bud Light picks them up and Bud Light ruins their brand. And But he's still, um, Mulvaney is still looked at as some, you know, some hero for, uh, for, for everything they've done. Saying that, all of that, that entire agenda, that entire woke religion, saying that's equal to circumcision is totally insane. And I say that in the nicest way because I do have respect for Martha Bruno. I think she's very intelligent. I think that she does come across in a way that she's very good at traditionally explaining her points, where she comes from. Um, I think she was in the right, you know, in a, in a lot of a way, in a lot of in a lot of different ways for how she called out the Mises caucus for coming after. There's a lot of people in the Mises caucus that'll attack you for no good reason. Uh, they're just angry people. And I love the Mises caucus, but there's unhinged people in there. There's unhinged people in almost every little movement and caucus in, uh, in politics because politics just brings out the insanity in individuals, just like it has in this take from Martha Bueno. All right, turning the page, we're going to be talking about some betting. Um, as you know, let me get a drink of water here. Drink of LaCroix, pardon me. Um, as you know, Lions of Liberty with our in our bonus, um, Lions of Liberty Pride, every fall we do something called Degenerate Gamblers. And we're actually going to be changing it this year. So this is the... Um, call to action. If you want to be in on Degenerate Gamblers, you need to join the Pride. I'm going to be sending out the information this week on how you can get in on our Pick'em League. So this year, for the first time, we're scrapping our Fantasy Football League. We're scrapping the traditional Degenerate Gamblers, where we'd keep track in a sell spreadsheet and all this work that I had to do that took time that I really don't have time for. And it was a waste of time. We're going to do a Yahoo Pick'em League. As many people from the Pride who want to join can join. It's going to be picking every game um, in the NFL uh, from that week against the spread. And yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. So that was my advertisement for, for uh, Degenerate Gamblers and for joining the Lions Pride Pick'em League. 
now to talk about this story. So this took place in Virginia, a Fairfax County teacher who won $214,000 in bets, but gets none of it after BetMGM cited an obvious error. Chris Benton said MGM began to cancel his winnings a day after he placed three bets on a Women's World Cup match. The Women's World Cup match was Netherlands versus, v- I can't talk today, versus <laughs> Vietnam. Um, the wager was more than $3,000 on that game. And uh, he also placed wagers on three separate single game parlays at 66 to 1 odds. And the app said he won $214,500. So what he did is when it became available, the maximal withdrawal is $100,000. He went to do that, received an email saying it's coming through. It's all good. And then hours later, got another message that said, um, no, no, he didn't get a message. He went in and looked at it. And it's all of his one bets that said one, one, one with a dollar amount all changed to canceled. And the withdrawal was canceled. And then they credited his original bets, the $3,000 back to him in the account. This is a guy, a teacher, it's a life-changing moment. Probably would have, you know, let him retire earlier, maybe send a kid to college. The reasons why people bet, right? Um, someone who's betting this much money freaking knows what they're doing, or they are degenerate gambler, which really they're probably losing all their money, which would not be good. Um, but I don't know, this this poor guy. So what what they're claiming was was an obvious error in the odds. And I don't know anything about women's soccer. Sorry, I keep pausing when I have to yawn. This is really annoying. Never has happened to me before during a podcast, but I'm recording this almost after midnight. So BetMGM PR coordinator Nick Lovira said he could not comment farther, but referred referred the news source here to the relevant terms and conditions outlined in the email sent to Benton. Um, Dr. Patrick Rishi, sports business analyst at the Washington University of St. Louis, said there may be fine print that can protect a betting company, allowing them to take back winnings. It's extremely, extremely rare for this to happen, Rishi said. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen because there could be a last-minute thing that changes the odds. According to the email that Benton received, BetMGM offered a $100 bonus due to the inconvenience. That is completely laughable. Now, what you don't know is this is a new recording that I had to do for the second part of this episode. Um, The first recording, somehow in the middle of uh, recording it, the audio went to crap and was cutting out. So this is my second time talking about uh, what I'm going to talk about here. So it might not be as long as I attended because now it is incredibly late and I need to get some sleep um, for work this week. I want to talk about Joe Biden and not just him specifically, obviously. Joe Biden probably does mostly nothing himself, maybe wipes his own ass. I'm not sure. But the Biden administration blocking federal funds from schools with archery and hunting programs. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important for many different reasons. And I'm going to play a clip from Cam Haynes, who is a well-known um, archery hunter, Instagram influencer, someone who uh, is sort of like a spokesman 
um, for archery. And it's gotten a lot of people into hunting, um, specifically Joe Rogan, and has used that platform to really uh, evangelize um, archery hunting and hunting in general. Um, and getting outdoors in general. So what the Department of Education has done, they were holding, they are withholding federal funds from hunting archery programs in schools, citing a bipartisan law, of course, bipartisan, of course, Republicans are on board with this, freaking idiots, uh, that tighten restrictions around gun purchases in the wake of the deadly shootings in Texas. So this prohibition went into effect on June 25th, applies to all existing and future awards um, under these programs. Uh, Tommy Floyd, never trust a grown man who goes by a name that ends in a Y. That is a rule. Tommy, the president of the National Archery and Schools Programs, lamented the new restrictions. Of course, Tommy's on the good side here, so maybe he's not a bad guy. He says, it's negative for the children. As a former educator of 30 plus years, I always try to find ways to engage students in many communities. It's a shooting sport and the skills of shooting sports that help young people grow to become responsible adults. They also benefit from relationships with role models. Yes, it is a skill. It's a development skill. It gives these children um, a way to um, express their individuality and refine a skill Um, in shooting, be it target practice with a gun or shooting, archery, target practice, incredibly important skills. And then when it comes to, to hunting, the skill of getting out in the woods and getting in the outdoors, and um, I'll get into later after I play the clip from him, from Cam, of uh, learning really the gravity that comes with hunting um, with taking a life. So what they do in this legislation, how they are enacting um, this ban is you're not allowed to have any sorts of uh, programs that have a dangerous weapon. They define, um, uh, or not, not, not allowed to have, um, programs. So they prohibit training in use of a dangerous weapon. They define a dangerous weapon as a weapon device, instrument, material, or substance animate or inanimate that is used or is readily capable of causing death or serious bodily injury, except that such term does not include a pocket knife blade less than two and a half inches in length. Um, so I guess they'll be getting rid of cooking classes, culinary classes, since you use knives, the chopped vegetables and such. I assume that'll be next on the uh, Biden administration's list. But it's it's really ridiculous. I'll give my opinion in a bit here. I do want to play this piece from Cam Haynes because I think, you know, he really hits the nail on, on Instagram. And somebody that, honestly, I, I've looked up to a lot, not just for... Um, hunting advice and archery advice, but um, just exercising. He's a guy that runs like freaking 20 miles a day, lifts, work, works out. And, you know, he's for the longest time, he still worked his regular full-time job, even after he was on Rogan and became this huge influencer and obviously was making money off of a, you know, book and appearances. But now, you know, finally he's, he's not, there's, there's really no need for him to be working, you know, blue collar job when he's uh, making this money in different avenues. But, Let's hear from Cam Haynes right now on, uh, what's this, Lawrence B. Jones. Expert himself, Bowman Hunter, Cameron Haynes. Uh, Cameron, thanks so much for taking some time. How you doing, Lawrence? Thank you. Good. Uh, what are they thinking? Do they realize the discipline and skills that are taught when you get to teach young people archery and hunting? 
No, I don't think so. But the key is, and I, I heard a couple of viewers mention this, but getting kids outside is the key. You know, the screen time's up, outdoor activities are healthy. Getting kids out outside is a benefit, obviously, but shooting a bow and arrow is so therapeutic. You can, you're not thinking about anything else, but just releasing that arrow. And it's, I mean, it's great. It's like the, the most honorable and respectful people I know are hunters. And so if this is a step of leading to hunting, great. If not, it's just a great pastime. You know, Cameron, I know the way I was raised when I first got to hunt, there's a respect for life that is, that, that is learned amongst that teaching experience as well. They, they don't mention any of that, though. Right. No, I mean, you know, that's where hunters, like, like I said, I mean, you, you learn to respect life and death because that's part of hunting. But I was thinking to myself, maybe the president's own son could have benefited from something like this and maybe could have avoided some of the missteps and mistakes he's had. <laughs> it's so true. What would you tell the president? I got off Cam Haynes uh, taking an old shot there at, at Hunter Biden at the end. Uh, fantastic. And, you know, I'm just going to echo probably a lot of things that Cam said there because I think they are so important. And, you know, the most obvious thing is with learning to hunt, with learning either hunting with a gun or, or archery, number one, you're getting kids outside. And that's a huge, huge problem right now. Um, kids are addicted to screens. They're addicted to video games. They're, um, you know, just not getting enough sunlight, not getting fresh air. You know, I sound like a crotchety old man, but man, when I was a kid, we were outside all the time. That's all we did. We played outside every day. We ran outside playing, uh, you know, um, capture the flag or whatever the heck that other game was that you played at night where you were hiding. Um, it, it was, it was awesome. I mean, that's my childhood. I was outside all the time and, Learning to hunt, I, I think I first started going hunting with my dad when I was um, nine years old or something. I wasn't yet hunting yet, but getting older when finally I did, maybe when I was like, I think 14 or 15, it's when I shot my first deer. And that was a, that's an experience I'll, I'll never, ever forget. And uh, I'm not going to share the details of it here, but I will share that I learned that day what it's like to take a life, take the life of an animal um, in order to... Um, get meat in order to get meat that's going to help to, to feed your family. And, um, you know, from the, the very beginning, you know, I wasn't shelter from any, any of the process. I, I, you know, my dad showed me and helped me how to, how to gut that first deer. I helped him and, you know, he showed me how to butcher that first deer and, uh, you know, going through and grinding it, you know, some of the meat into burgers and then, you know, watching my mother prepare it for a meal. And now today, of course, you know, a lot of times I, I prepare it myself. Um, sometimes my, my wife does the, the uh, you know, my wife, my wife does most of the cooking. So sometimes she is preparing the venison, but I, I, I really prefer to uh, do that myself. Um, some of it. But anyway, uh, to get back on track, that is so valuable to have that um, whole picture from taking the life of an animal, processing an animal, preparing the meal, enjoying the meal, feeding your family with it, feeding your friends with that same meat. It's, it's powerful. And it's, it's like a, I hate the word spiritual, but it's, it's like a spiritual experience going through the whole thing. And what makes me so angry, um, just to rant on some of the things I hate about the misconceptions about hunting. But if you watch like, a, like 
movies and in Hollywood, they'll depict hunters as these you know stupid rednecks who are drinking beer and just shooting animals and just leaving them there. Um, that's totally insane. And hunting in the hunting community is absolutely nothing like that. Um, if you know the hunters that I know, friends, family, um, the hunters that I know, if they saw somebody just killing an animal and leaving it there, um, we would beat the crap out of that person. I mean, that's that's just absurd. Um, it's it's against the law to do that. But law aside, it's the it's the wrong thing to do. It's not moral. And you learn the value of life. You learn that when you're hunting, I mean. Hunting is necessary for conservation, and I'm not going to get all into the details of it, but um, something is going to kill animals. I think people should know that. I think they forget, but sometimes the best death for a deer is death from a hunter. In fact, a lot of the times. And when you get into talking about elk, um, elk being killed by by wolves um, or bears, I mean, that's it's not fun to die getting eaten alive. I'm, I'm sure that's not the best case scenario. So a, uh, getting taken out with a, with an arrow or with a bullet, uh, it's, it's a part of life. It's a part of the, part of the food chain. And, you know, I, I think that this, this not only attack on children, you know, like I talked about earlier with the Martha Braino tweet and talking about the, the gender ideology and the sexualization of children and teaching this at a very young age, they always go after the children. And this is no different. They're going after the children, going after these skills, these life skills that not only um, is it great to, for simply just to get outside and um, hone in on a skill like perfecting a craft and shooting an arrow or, or shooting a target with a gun, but they are further separating individuals from their food source, which I think is incredibly important. And obviously people live in cities today. Many people are, are already separated from their food sources and, you know, they're ready to, to fire all the, all the, the farmers and starve to death. But, you know, in more rural America, American flyover States, you know, a lot of people are more connected to their food sources and, you know, doing this at the national level, they, it's really an attack on that, um, trying to disconnect future generations from this interface with <laughs> the way we've lived for thousands of years. So I think it's a very, very scary time um, that we are living through. And, you know, I, I don't think we're going to lose. I think we're going to win. Um, but I think things could get... I mean, things are already getting pretty weird. And as a parent, you need to be aware of what's happening, what your what your kids are being taught in, in their school. And, or, you know, if you're homeschooling, um, then you can worry about, worry about what you're teaching them. But just, uh, just wild times. And, you know, one, one more thing I will say just about hunters in general, and I kind of talked about this earlier. But I, I want to reinforce what Cam said is that this misconception about hunters being crazy, you know, drunks, and I'm sure there are some, but the hunters that I know are so are kind people, willing to help you, um, thoughtful, really, you know, taking the time to uh, answer questions that you have. Um, the hunters that I know, and this goes for, you know, if anyone out there listening wants to get into hunting, 
um, feel free to reach out to me. And, you know, I'm not, I have been hunting for, you know, 20 years, but, you know, there's far better experts than me to go to, but I would be happy to, to help you out in any way that I can by pointing you in um, the right direction to, to get started. So, um, and I think probably there's other people, if, if you want to get into hunting, there's probably other people in your life closer to you who you might not even realize it, um, who, if you reached out to them, they would be happy to take you hunting with them and, uh, and, and teach you that, that great life skill. So, um, I'm not going to step off my soapbox, but I will move on to the last story of the day. And I thought I had audio for this, but I don't. And I'm actually going to blame this story for my previous audio issues. <laughs> this is a story about, uh, Megan Rapino. I don't even know if that's how you say her name, but the women's soccer player. And she was asked about, you know, what's, what is the greatest memory she's had from playing in all these world cups? Let me get a quick drink of water. And she's asked about this. And of course, you know, she's a extremely woke individual, um, frontline church of woke person. She's been on record saying that, you know, trans athletes should be welcome in women's sports, meaning that previously, male identifying individuals should be able to, to play women's sports. Men wearing wigs should be able to play women's sports. That's what she's advocated for. And she, she is a member of the LGBTQ community. She is a, uh, a lesbian, I believe. Um, she's advocated for that. So she's extremely woke. And a big thing that she, she's also advocated for and put a lot of her, um, a lot of her influence into is equal pay for female soccer players, um, compared to male soccer players. And, you know, it's just, I, I think her response when she was asked that, she said that her greatest memory of these World Cups, I think there's been three of them that they won while she was on the team. And of course, they lost They lost, uh, They lost. lost this weekend in, in a shootout. I didn't watch the game, and all I know is they lost in a shootout. Um, but her greatest memory, she said, was achieving equal pay. And I think that's really, really interesting. And it kind of goes back, I think, to the gender pay gap whole um, um, falsehood, really, uh, misconception, uh, manipulation, where obviously it's mainstream that it's it's taught that there's a gender pay gap between men and women. And really, there's no gender pay gap. What there is is men and women are different. We have different bodies, different wants and needs and desires. And women have a shorter career due to the body that they have a being able to produce children. So there's years of time where when they're having children um, on the grand scale of things, their women are working less because they're staying at home raising children. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Well, over time, um, they've been able to narrow the gender pay gap by convincing women to sacrifice their childbearing years at the altar of uh, the corto, I'm not going to try to say it. We'll just say corporate America and corporations. (laughs) It's too late to say words. Um, And really, and I think that's, I think that's a bad thing. Uh, The corporations have won and families have lost. And it's not the same thing. That's not really ex- what Megan Rapino is saying at all, but she is equating money 
above everything else, which is funny because liberals claim to not do that, not put money first. They claim to put people first normally. And, you know, as someone like Megan Rapinoe has achieved these amazing feats of being this great soccer player all throughout her life and high school and college and playing uh, for the women's national team. And it's kind of sad to me that she looks back on her entire career and she's still, in order to really grade herself or grade her peers, the other women soccer players, she's still looking to men for like that validation by saying, are we making as much as men? And that's all I care about. And that's really sad to me. Um, and that's not even to say, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the financials of what women's soccer brings in and if they should be making as much as men, because if we left it up to the market, they should make what they're worth, what the, you know, the money they're bringing in and also dependent on the contracts that they sign. But just on the grand scheme of things, it just seems very strange to say that that's the thing that is your greatest memory of playing in the world cup. Maybe I'm totally off on this. I very, very well could be. I'm not a woman. I do have a daughter. Um, but I, I just think it kind of seems weird to me that that's all she, that's what she cares about the most. And it shouldn't be surprising. She, she's from the church of woke and you know, this, this fighting for um, this elusive equality by chopping off the legs of others in order to even out yourself is, uh, is, is what she's always been about. So, you know, I, I didn't root against the women's national team. I just didn't care. Didn't watch any games. Didn't watch any at all. The only Women's World Cup soccer I watched is when I was getting my hair cut a couple weeks ago. And I looked up and said, women's soccer's on. That's weird. And my barber said, yeah, it's the World Cup. I said, oh, that makes sense. And that was the extent of my interaction about the, uh, the Women's World Cup. But that's all I got for the show today. Just a weird Weird day, not a weird day, just a, a long day with lots of different things happening. Then the stupid thing happening with the audio, having to record, re-record this second half, it's really annoying. So the uh, the little streamyard gremlins got to me. I don't know, I don't know what caused it, but you know, it's an important topic. You know, I'm going to title this episode "The Attack on Our Youth: Biden Blocks Funds for Hunting and Archery." And that's exactly what we are seeing in this world. They are coming after the children. When I say they, I mean the elites. I mean the WEF. WEF. I mean the cathedral. I mean those with money, power, and influence are trying to change this world by coming after the the uh, the children. They're doing it with the gender ideology. They're doing it with climate change. Um, and we have to fight back. We have to, you know, we have to educate the children. We have to teach the children and not let the elites indoctrinate our children. That's on us. That's on us to fight back. And we can win. We will win. We will win. It's going to be messy. We're going to win. Hope everyone has a great week coming up. I'll see you all next Monday. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. <laughs>